Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to Hope Haven Church. Uh, I hope everyone is enjoying themselves at home on today. Um, hope you guys are remaining safe, and I miss you guys, and I hope to see you guys soon. Uh, so we are in our family reunion series. Um, last week, our series was entitled Let's Stay Together, and on today, our message is entitled Before I Let Go. Uh, so if you have time, turn with me uh, to the book of Ephesians, uh, the fifth chapter, starting at the 21st verse, uh, Ephesians 5 and 21. And it says, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. I need you guys to type in the comment section before I let go. Um, if you guys notice a trend here, uh, the title of the messages are some of the jams that some of you uh, probably dance to uh, at your family reunion. So uh, the title of this message is Before I Let Go. In the beginning of time, God instituted the marriage between the man and the woman. We know that in the first six days of creation, God created everything. And on the sixth day, God created man placed him out into the garden to till the ground, gave him authority and dominion. But then God recognized that it was not good for man to be alone. God then put woman and put man to sleep, gave him the first operation, pulled the rib out of man, created woman, allowed them to come together. And it was there that Adam said that woman was flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. The reason why God created the institute, institution of marriage was so that it could be a pattern on earth to demonstrate Christ and his love for the church. Uh, if you read throughout the Bible, you will notice that there is a certain plan that God put in place that is not social, but it is biblical. He first puts himself on the top of the list. Next, his son, Christ, then man, then woman. The order was not made to make woman any less valuable because man and female are equal in being, but they are different in their function. Apostle Paul gives us the greatest example in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, uh, around the third verse, uh, where he shares with us uh, that women are to submit to their husband. Now, uh, we look at that word many a times and we have issues uh, with the word submission, especially in this new age. Uh, but this, this is not something that was to put women down. So what Paul does is he puts it inside of an analogy that we can understand. He explains to us that God and Christ, who are one in essence, but Christ found it not robbery to sit under the authority of the father in order to reach and to die for all mankind, which shows us that submission, its purpose is for you to come under authority for the greater good for your family. 
So the reason why woman is under man is not for her to be subservient per se, but the reason why the woman submits herself under the man is so that she can meet the common need of the family. This is what submission is in marriage. It is the wife coming underneath the headship of the man for the common good of the family. And if this is an issue with you, my sisters, uh, I, I guess uh, what we don't want to do if we're single is to get married. If we are uh, afraid to go under the authority of the man of the house. It also teaches us that if you are to be married, my single sisters, you want to make sure that you are married to a man that is in alignment with Christ. Because just as you submit under the authority of your husband, your husband has the obligation to submit under the authority of Christ. So if you are connected and married to someone who does not submit to the will of God, then your relationship will find itself in a terrible situation because you don't have that connection to God first. Uh, so what I encourage brothers and sisters to do is to make sure that we connect with someone that has a relationship with God before we ever come along in the situation. Ultimately, it is the man's responsibility to God when it comes to issues in the family. Uh, so those of you that are struggling uh, with, with authority and submission, you have to understand, sisters, that at the end of the day, if there is an issue, God is first and foremost going to come to the man because the man is the head of the household and he will have to answer to God for anything or for any reason on why the family is out of order. I'll give you an example in the book of Genesis after Eve had eaten of the fruit. The Bible didn't say that God dealt with Eve, but God went to Adam because Adam was the head of the house. So in Genesis, uh, we see that what Satan did was he strategically went after Eve so that he could disrupt the pattern of God. He understood that if he disrupt the pattern that God had in place, then he would mess up the connection of the family. And that's how Satan works. Is he comes and he tries to bring confusion in the home by shifting the pattern that God put in place. He attacks our children. He attacks our wives. He attacks our homes. And if we are not connected to God, we'll shift to the problem rather than shift to God to fix the problem. So like I said earlier, there's a pattern. There's God. There's Christ. There's man. There's woman. And there's beast. The beast came under the subjection of Satan who influenced the woman. The woman took her attention from being under the authority of her husband to shifting it to being under the authority of the beast. The husband now shifts his authority or shifts his submission to the authority of Christ and turns around and he goes under the authority of his wife. And Christ being who he is, does not turn around for no one because Christ did not die on the cross to follow us, but he died on the cross for us to follow him. And Jesus don't follow nobody. So now the dynamics of the family has shifted 
because they have moved the family out of the order and out of the design that God had called it to be. Mm. Uh, Look at your neighbor and say, keep the pattern going. Uh, Don't shift the pattern. Don't shift what God has put together. Don't shift what God has called and what God has ordained. But what you want to do is you want to make sure that the family stays in the order in which God has ordained it to be. One of the biggest issues that we have in the family in this modern day time is we are shifting what God has called the family to be. Men are no longer leading. They are shifting the responsibility to someone else. And that is not what God has called man to be. God has called man to lead. And I'm going to get to the men next week. But when we study the Old Testament before there was the Mosaic law, before there was the Arianic priesthood, before there was the Levitical priesthood, the first priest in the Bible was the man of his house. Abraham went to God. Isaac entreated the Lord. Jacob went to the Lord. Job went to God. The Bible did not say that Mrs. Job went to God and offered sacrifice in case the children sin. The Bible says that Job, as the priest of his house, and because he kept the pattern of God, he offered sacrifice and worship first before Mrs. Job stepped on the scene, which teaches me a lesson that praying warriors should not just be women, but the greatest prayer warriors should also be men. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm going to say that again. Prayer warriors is not just something that we assign to women, but prayer should be a mandate and it should be a privilege that men use as much as women. When we see prayer gatherings and we see prayer meetings, 90% of the time, half the time, most of the time, we see that there are the women that are leading these prayers. But if we are going to study and follow the pattern of God, man must have relationship with God for himself. I love my wife, but I can't just depend on her to go to God for me. I must go to God for myself. And if I am her protector, her covering, and her authority, then I must make sure that my connection is in line with the word of God as well. So there is God, there is Christ, there is man, there is woman. The woman follows the beast, the man follows the woman, and it changed the nature of the family. Whenever a house is out of order, The first thing that God is looking to see is if the man is out of an alignment with him. And whenever we see families in disarray, and I'm talking about the the nuclear family, the first thing that God is looking for is whether or not the man is in alignment with God. Oh, man, I wish I had enough men on here right now uh, that could help me in the comment section and just say, stay aligned, stay aligned. And I wish I had some sisters that can help some of these brothers right now and and could just type to them real quick and say, stay aligned. We need you. We need you. Uh, I need another sister to type. We need you to stay aligned Uh, because as long as you stay aligned, the enemy won't have victory in our house. 
As long as the men stay aligned and stay in the word of God, the devil cannot have access to certain areas in the household. But it's when the man comes out of the alignment that we open the door for Satan to have his way in our houses. It is time for the men to stay aligned with God. And when we stay aligned with God, Satan don't stand a chance with our family. So when the fall of man happened, it not only allowed sin to enter into the world, but an assault came upon the institution of marriage. When Adam and Eve sinned, not only did sin change the course of the world, but it also changed the course of marriage. And when sin enters into marriage, it changes the course of the marriage. Doors start opening up that were never meant to be opened in that marriage when we allow sin to creep in. In Genesis 4, we see polygamy. In Genesis 9, we see pornography. In Genesis 16, we see adultery. In Genesis 19, we see Lot. And we see that he has two daughters who are espoused to two men who don't have affection for women. And if they would have married Lot's daughters, it would have changed the scope and the whole course of what the marriage was designed to be. In Genesis 34, we see an unequally yoked marriage. And in Genesis 38, we see incest and prostitution. All of this because man changed the alignment of what God put in order. Stay aligned. Brothers, stay connected to Christ. And sisters, stay connected to your husband. Don't shift anything. Because if we shift anything outside of what God designed it to be, we open the door for spirits to change the course of our marriage. Woo! So in the book of Ephesians 5, before we even get to the 22nd verse, because many brothers like love that 22nd verse where it tells the women to submit uh, uh, to their husbands, oh, we can use that when we want something done. Oh, the Bible says, baby, the Bible says that wives are to submit to their husbands and, 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 and you know, we, we can rock that. But if we go to that 21st verse, go up just one verse. Paul says, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. What is he saying? That before we move to the 22nd verse, we have to revisit the 21st verse and it tells us to submit to one another. Watch this, which tells me that submission is mutual. Woo! Submission is not something that just a woman does. But a submission is something that a man must do also for the marriage to stay together. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, we have to keep in mind that marriage consists of two sinners who are colliding together to become one. It is one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. 
But in order for these two sinners to become one, it requires four things that we talked about last week. The Holy Spirit, joy, thanksgiving, and the last one, submission. If we don't have those four things, then when those two people collide, we have nothing else but a collision course. Oh, it's quiet in here today. If we come together and we don't depend on the Holy Spirit, joy, submission, and thanksgiving, then our marriage is doomed before we even say, I do. That's why it's important to make sure that we are equally yoked before we step into a relationship. Because if we connect and we collide and there's no Christ in it, then we are nothing but a wreck. And many of us have witnessed wrecks. Folks that came together and the moment they said, I do, all hell broke, broke, broke loose. And the reason why it broke loose was because they never put God in the equation. They depended on their love. They depended on their lust. They depended on infatuation. They depended on what it looked like. They looked good on Instagram. It looked good on paper, but it didn't look good according to the principles of God. And it could not work. And they collided because they did not go to God first. So submission is mutual. I'm going to say that again. Submission is mutual. Watch this. Brothers, we cannot expect our wives to submit to our authority if we don't show them how we submit to the authority of Christ. I'll say that again. <laughs> we cannot expect perfect submission if we are not showcasing perfect submission to Christ in our homes. How are you looking for someone to serve you and you don't serve God? So what Paul is showing us here is that we must submit to one another in the fear of Christ. Again, submission is subjecting yourself under the authority for the common good of your family does not make you any weaker. It does not make you any softer. What you're saying is, is that this thing that we have together is larger than me. And if it requires me to be the Scottie Pippen and for you to be the Michael Jordan, then I'll sit on the sideline and I'll let you hit the winning shot. But don't you forget, I was at practice with you every day. <laughs> so this should not be a text that is used to verbally or physically abuse women. This is not a text that should be used to manipulate women to get what you want out of them. Submission does not devalue the worth of the wife. It actually shows you how much more valuable she is. And what Paul says here in the 22nd verse, he says, wives, submit to your husbands 
as to the Lord. Submission as to the Lord. That means that the husband has limitations to his authority. If it is outside of the will of God, then the woman has to obey God before she obeys him. So I'm supposed to submit to you as unto the Lord, which means that there are boundaries to my submission. Don't ask me to do something that doesn't align with the word of God. No, ain't going to be no concubines in here. No, ain't going to be no girlfriends on the side. No, ain't going to be no drug abuse. No, I'm not going to allow abuse to my body. No, I'm not going to allow certain things. My subjection to your authority is based off of your subjection to Christ. If we are outside of the will of God, then it puts the family in a dangerous space. So fellas, do not abuse your authority. Watch this. Because Christ has never abused his authority over you. If you are submitting to Christ and your wife is submitting to you, you should treat her like the one that has authority over you. If he loves, if he provides, if he's understanding, if he's forgiving, if he is all of those wonderful things, you need to be the same thing to your wife. I mean, I'm moving ahead of myself. I'm already in next week where Paul tells the husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church. There's no way in the world that I'm looking for her to be submissive to me and I'm abusive, but yet I'm submissive to Christ and he has never abused me. Paul comes further on in the book of Titus. You guys can turn there with me. Book of Titus, second chapter, and the third verse. And he gives the older women five things to instruct the younger wives on how to keep their family intact. I love this here. He says in Titus 2 and 3, in the same way older women are to be relevant, I'm sorry, are to be reverent and behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good. So he gives instruction to the older women that if you are going to give instruction to other married couples, you got to make sure you have good reputation first which tells us that we have to be careful of who we take counsel from when we're having issues in our relationships. And Paul is giving instruction to the older women that if you got a drinking problem and if you got a whole lot of other issues and you don't have any reverence and you don't have a, a, a great reputation, then you ain't the one that should be giving any type of uh, 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 advice to anybody. So you can write these down. He gives them five things to instruct the women on. And these five things show us the qualities of a biblical wife. Let me say it again. Five qualities of a biblical wife. 
I'm going to give you five qualities. This is all biblical. This is not Pastor Joel. This is not something that I read somewhere else. I'm right here in the word of God uh, because I understand that I'm talking to my sisters today and I don't want to give any opinions because I ain't never been a sister. So I want to go right into the word of God and give you the five qualities of a biblical wife. Those of you that are married, I need you to pay attention. Those of you that are single, I definitely need you to write these down with me. Five qualities. Number one, verse five. No, verse four. So that you may encourage the young women to love their husbands. Number one, love your husband. Watch this. And all three facets of love. In philia, which is uh, friendship, agape, which is the ultimate love, and eros, which is sexual. Love your husband. Watch this. <laughs> eros is the love that takes. Philia is the love that's mutual. And agape is the love that gives. <laughs> you got to have the kind of love that gives, that takes, and that's mutual. Love your husband. Number two. And to love their children. Number two, love your children. We talked about this on last week. Another issue on why the family is so disconnected is because we stopped looking at children as blessings and we have started to look at them as hindrances. Children, whenever God blesses you with a child, it is the greatest blessing. It should be something that you thank God for. Because not only are you replenishing the earth, but you are giving the, gener the, the next generation a generation of biblical principles, a generation, another generation of a child that will know God, and another generation, uh, 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 another child that will be able to disciple and share the good news of Jesus Christ. If you are saved and you're doing your job, and God allows you to produce, and you're teaching those principles to your children, when they go older, they'll be able to share that news into the earth to the next generation. That is one of the greatest ministries that God can give us. It's for us to have children and impart into them the word of God so that they can take it with them out into the world when they become adults. So love your husband, love your children. Number three, to be self-controlled. What does that mean? It means to have wisdom. It means to be wise with your decisions and wise with your mouth and wise with your moves. And there are too many times where conflicts break out because we let our mouth talk before we use wisdom. And that goes for man and woman. We need self-control because that is an attribute of what a biblical wife does. Number three, workers, I'm sorry, pure, pure. So number one, love your husband. Number two, love your children. Number three, be self-controlled or have wisdom. Number four, be pure. What does that mean? It means be sexually faithful. Oh, it's quiet here. 
No, no, I'm not, I'm not looking outside for other options and other avenues. God has blessed me with everything I need. God has given me the man according to what he has called to be in my life. So I am totally committed to who God has sent and sent into my life. So we are supposed to be sexually faithful and sexually committed to one person. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what's going on with your favorite Hollywood stars. That is not biblical. <laughs> biblical is God sent me to you and I am committed to you to the day that I die. And number five, workers at home. This doesn't mean scrubbing floors and washing dishes uh, because fellas, we can do that too. But this means that she is the keeper of the house and she is the queen of the castle. She keeps the house intact. She knows what's going on. She knows where everything is, where everything's positioned. She has her house in order. That is the quality of a biblical wife. Now, I've, I've seen translations and I've seen commentaries of, of, of men saying the wife's supposed to stay home. Uh, but culturally speaking and in times that we live in, uh, it is necessary in many cases for a husband and wife to work. Not only that, but there are people uh, that have careers. There are people that have educated themselves. Many people are getting married older in life. Uh, they've already developed careers and jobs. And I will never tell somebody to quit their job to marry somebody. That's between you and your spouse. But what I am saying is that one of the qualities of a biblical woman is that she has her house in order. And finally, number six, submission. So Paul doesn't even really deal with submission to the end when he deals with this. I'm sorry, did I say five qualities? The six qualities of a biblical wife. Submission is the last one that he speaks of, and we've already dealt with submission. Submission does not mean that I'm weaker, uh, because it, 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 biblically, we are one, according to the Bible, uh, that we are of the same in essence. The only thing is, is that God put me in position so that I can care for the things of the family in a way that the man does not. When we have these six principles together, and next week, we're going to deal with the principles of the man. And we put those things together. It's hard for the devil to get in between. If a woman does not uphold these standards, according to Paul here, she opens God's word to be slandered. What does it look like for us to call ourselves Christians and we don't love our spouses? And our children act and behave and they do whatever they want. And your house is just in whatever disarray that you want it to be. And you're not faithful to your husband. And you got a whole lot of mess going on around and you're the conversation of everybody else's home. It brings a disruption and a slander to the body of Christ. Now, I challenged you guys last week for us to come together in prayer. Husbands, pray with your wife this week. And I challenged the men to take your prayer to the next level. I can only speak for men because I'm a man. Take your prayer to the next level 
Don't just depend on your wife going to the altar. Don't just depend on your wife's morning manna. Find time for your own daily devotion and learn how to have relationship for God for yourself. Because ultimately, if the pattern is set differently or the structure of the family is shifted, brothers, God is coming to you first. I'm finishing there. And I thank you so much for joining us on today. Uh, but before we close, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this word on today. Uh, God, is, is a lot here. Sometimes a little rough uh, to speak on these things as a man when it comes to the women, God. But God, I thank you for God that you did not have to give me uh, a platform to use my opinion, but you gave me all of your words through the scriptures. And God, I pray for the strength of wives on today. I pray for the strength of mothers, single mothers, those that may not be married yet. I pray for those that are looking or, or expecting for you to send a good thing to them. God, I ask God that you strengthen them, God, that you strengthen these qualities that are in them so that God, when they come become one with someone, God, that the enemy will have no room to disconnect them. God, I pray for all married couples today, God, that if the devil decides to get busy, he will see that they are so connected that there's no way in the world that he can get between them. Protect our marriages, God. Protect our husbands and protect our wives, God. Keep them in your will, God. Allow the husbands to submit to your will. Because God, as long as they are in aligned with your word, you will give them the proper instruction to instruct their families. And Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you all for joining us today for our morning worship. Um, I hope you guys were able to share this with someone. Uh, if not, start a watch party later on. Uh, give them our YouTube link, send them to our website. Um, just let them know that during this month, we are going to be teaching on the family. Um, so I hope you guys continue to join us every week. Brothers, next week, we are going to deal with husbands loving their wives. And I'm so excited to teach on that. On Wednesday night, we're going to be teaching on 1 Corinthians 14. We've been going through the whole book of 1 Corinthians uh, for the last three, <laughs> last three months. Uh, but we're finally getting there. Uh, so you can join us on Wednesdays. Fellas, 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 uh, we pray every Monday. And I'm going to tell you all the truth. It's about two of us on there on this call. Uh, I am praying that God sends men to these prayer calls on Monday nights at 7 o'clock. And I'm also praying that God sends some men that will lead these prayers. It's about two of us that are leading the prayer. I'm praying that God sends some men to lead these prayers on Monday night uh, because the kingdom needs to hear your voices. Uh, at this time, we're going to open up uh, the lines and uh, uh, you guys can go online and you can uh, support this ministry if you would like in giving. Uh, there are two options that you can give. You can go to our website, which is www.gotohopehaven.org, or you can go to the GiveLify app if you have it. Uh, it is called GiveLify. Uh, you can just type in our church, Hope Haven Church in Woodbury, New Jersey. will pop up and it's literally three uh, clicks and you can give. Uh, we want to thank you for all of your support. As you guys can see, uh, we're making a lot of transitions and changes here at Hope Haven Church. Uh, so you'll begin to see uh, changes here on the stage. Uh, a whole lot of things are changing, um, all because of your contributions. Uh, we also now have an outreach ministry where we are uh, 
supporting our communities. Um, so if you go to the Give Lafay app, there is an envelope there. Uh, if you would like to give to our outreach and our missions ministries, um, we're working on feeding some families here for the month of July in our local area. Uh, we've been able to supply diapers and all different types of things, all because of your contributions. So again, we want to thank you so much for your time and for your giving and for your effort and for your faith in Hope Haven Church as we're following Christ. And we love you. We thank God for you. God bless you. And we'll see you soon. God bless you.